Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to speak to you today about a difficult and controversial topic. The topic is the divine punishment, that God sometimes punishes us, his people. Now, I say difficult, controversial. In the years after the Council, when I was coming of age, anyone that even dared to speak of the divine punishment was seen as, well, rather stupid and spiritually irresponsible. It was automatically seen as out of court if you suggested that something was the result of God's punishment. But, Christians, we've got to be honest about something. This theme that God sometimes punishes his people runs from beginning to end of the Bible, and not as a minor motif, but rather as a structuring element of the biblical revelation. Look, let me just give you a few examples. Our human condition, with all of its struggles and pains and limitations, is seen by the book of Genesis as the result of sin. The confusion of the languages of the world, that people are often at odds with each other culturally, is seen as a result of the Tower of Babel and the hubris involved in that move. Just think of the very fact that the Israelites find themselves in slavery in Egypt, that they wander for 40 years in the desert. That, too, is seen as a result of their infidelity. Whenever Israel loses a battle, it's interpreted as God's judgment, God's punishment. Why does Saul fall from grace? Why does Saul end up losing everything? Because he refused the divine command. Why is Eli killed? Why are his sons killed? Same thing. They were unfaithful to the Lord. Why is David's son, the son he had with Bathsheba, killed? Well, because of his infidelity. Why is the kingdom of Israel divided into a northern and southern kingdom? Well, because of Solomon's sin. Why are the Israelites taken away to captivity in Babylon? All the prophets agree it's because of Israel's infidelity to Yahweh's covenant. Okay, you say, well, sure, that's Old Testament language. But, but, the same thing continues in the New Testament. Read Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. He says, many of you are sick, and some of you are dying. Why? Because of your sacrificing to idols, and because of the way you're abusing the Eucharist. In the Acts of the Apostles, Ananias and Sapphira are struck dead. Why? Because of their sin. They held back money, which they were supposed to give to the church. And how does the New Testament come to a close? The entire biblical revelation? with the great book of the Apocalypse, which portrays for us a vision of the destruction of the whole world because of human sin. 
Now, I know all these texts are complex. We have to be very careful in interpreting them. Yes, that's quite right. But I think that little survey should show that this theme of the divine punishment is central to the Bible. Not peripheral, not one that we can simply set aside, but one that we have to come to grips with. Now, what bothers people so much about it? Well, it seems to be a reversion to a primitive form of religion. It begins to sound like, oh, the speculation of the ancient mythologists, that somehow God, the gods, arbitrarily, capriciously come down on us because of our misbehavior. It seems to revert to a form of religion that's not worthy of Jesus, who spoke to us of a God of total love. Also, you know, Christians, we have to be careful about this. We can very easily abuse this category. How? By playing fast and loose with it. Whenever something negative happens, whenever someone suffers, we can leap into the fray and say, well, that's because of God's judgment. That's because of your sin. Well, maybe. Maybe. I'll grant you, with the biblical witness in mind, we have to say, yes, that's a possibility. But our invocation of that principle ought to be done very carefully and with great sensitivity, lest it simply awaken in people guilt and self-hatred and so on. So, yes, this is a very important topic, central to the Bible, and yes, one that we have to be careful about. So how do we interpret it? How do we read it? All of this is meant to bring us to our second reading today. It's from the letter to the Hebrews. Let me read to you now just a little bit. You have forgotten the encouraging words addressed to you as sons. My sons, do not disdain the discipline of the Lord, nor lose heart when he reproves you. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He scourges every son he receives. Now that's the key. If you want the interpretive key to this problem, there it is. God's punishment, which is real, Hebrews is simply reaffirming that whole biblical witness I talked about. God's punishment is never capricious. It's never arbitrary. It is never malicious. But rather, God's punishment is a type of discipline done out of love. Let me say it again. It's very simple, but very important. When God punishes, it is done as a discipline out of love. What bothers us so much about the ancient religions, the ancient myths, is that the God's involvement with us does seem so arbitrary, cruel, malicious. That's not the case with the true God. With the true God, all his dealings are love, for love, out of love. Can love take a lot of different forms? Yes. Sometimes it takes the form of this discipline, which is meant to move us in a better direction. This passage I just read also gives us the best 
metaphor, listen. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, he scourges every son he receives. Endure your trials as the discipline of God, who deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Well, Christians, there it is. The master metaphor for God throughout the Bible is parent, father. We look in the book of the prophet Isaiah, mother. It's the great metaphor we have. When Jesus taught us to address God, he taught us to use the word Abba, Daddy, Father. What father is there who does not from time to time discipline his children? What mother is there who does not from time to time inflict pain on children, allow children to feel pain precisely out of love? If a parent never punished, never disciplined, we'd say bad parent. If in the interest of, well, to be nicey-nicey all the time, I never do anything like that, we'd say, well, you're irresponsible. So God, the supreme parent, is a God who punishes out of discipline and love. You know the programs they have now called Tough Love? That comes to my mind here. Let's say a parent has a child who's really fallen into serious trouble. You know, through drug abuse, maybe through violence, through great uh, criminal activity. And they've tried everything. They've tried all kinds of counseling programs. They've tried the soft approach. They've tried indirection, and nothing works. Well, finally, according to these programs of tough love, parents have to draw the line. And it might mean forcing that child to deal with this problem, not letting them back in the house, refusing to support them financially, in some ways drawing the line and saying, out of love, I am going to allow you to feel the pain of what you've done. Is the purpose hateful? No. Is the purpose to hurt them? No. The purpose is discipline for the sake of love. But it looks like, and indeed it is, punishment. Christians, look at it this way. God has established the world according to his mind, according to his purpose. In the beginning was the word, and through the word all things were made. That means there's a structure to reality. What is sin but the conscious and deliberate running contrary to the structures of reality? What does it produce? It produces pain. Look, when your body runs against its own structure, it runs up, it's trying to do something that it's not built to do, what does the body give you? It gives you pain. When you overwork some part of your body or you run contrary to its purpose, it, it pains you. Same is true of the psyche, by the way, isn't it? When your psyche is trying to run against its own structures, it's overtaxed, it's overworked, the psyche will repay you with depression and anxiety. So the Spirit, when in sin it runs against God's purposes, God is not arbitrarily, capriciously punishing us. Rather, like a parent practicing tough love, God allows 
us sinners sometimes to feel the pain of our sin, that it might bring us back to Him. Allowing us to feel the pain of our sin, that it might lead us back to Him. Listen now to a last image from this letter. At the time it is administered, all discipline seems a cause for grief. But later it brings forth the fruit of peace and justice to those who are trained in its school. That's the other great metaphor. The first one is the parent who engages in a disciplining tough love. But now this little metaphor of being trained in a school. Christians, you come to any school, any academic enterprise, you're trying to understand some complex subject. Will you be subject to the discipline of your teacher? Sure, sure. Teacher gives you all kinds of strict assignments. If you don't perform up to the task, you'll be punished, disciplined, sanctioned in some way. You go onto a sports field to learn a sport. Any good coach will lead you through a difficult training exercise. And when you don't perform up to par, that coach will in some ways discipline you. So again, at the time it's administered, all discipline seems a cause for grief. But later it brings forth this great fruit for those who are trained in its school. Can we look at our lives, especially our sufferings, our pains, and see them perhaps as God's way of allowing us to feel the pain of our dysfunction, to be disciplined so as to be led back to Him. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.